0: In our business, it's almost impossible to avoid using a chemical feed pump system. Hello, and welcome to It's Your Water. I'm Denise.
1: And I'm Mike, and we're glad you found us.
0: How do we use the chemical feed pumps, Mike?
1: Well, chemical feed pumps are an important part of of the treatment process. So we use them mostly to enhance another treatment process. We feed chemicals to do that. We're going to discuss the most common pump technologies that are uh, in the guidelines to keep you out of trouble, and why we prefer peristaltic pumps over the diaphragm type pumps. We're partial, we're, we're in part. No, we're partial. We're, to, you're partial. I'm partial. To partial peristaltic. to peristaltics. Yeah. That's a, so,
0: okay. What's a chemical feed pump? Let's start with the basics.
1: Well, it's a simple little device that pumps chemicals that we make, whatever they may be, and we'll discuss that, from a batch tank into the water supply at higher PSI, so they pump at a higher PSI than what would normally be found in home plumbing, say 100 PSI, and homes are usually 40, 60. So they overcome that pressure and they just pump a small portion of calculated amount of chemical to enhance or use it as a solo treatment for say pH adjustment or other. Okay. Most guys are using it to enhance a another treatment process down the line, say like iron removal. But that's pretty much it. So they are a very, very low dose thing. The biggest pumps are 40 gallons a day, which sounds like huge, but it's not that much when they're only pumping maybe for 10 minutes at a time. Oh, so they don't pump say, 40 all gallons. the time. Yeah, they they that, just.
0: That's a big, big tank in your basement. Yeah. yeah,
1: but most of them are, say, four gallons a day to 17 gallons a day. Okay. But we'll explain that later.
0: So why peristaltic?
1: I've always been taught that peristaltic is kind of like the way you swallow. If you think, if I want people imagine. What's in your mind here is a peristaltic wave is what you use to swallow. Hmm. That's that actual function of swallowing is a peristaltic wave. So a peristaltic pump uses a, it almost looks like a stethoscope tube.
0: Oh, okay. A roller tube. A roller tube,
1: they, Hmm. they call it. And they have pinch rollers that go round and round and round. And they pinch a small portion of that tube and it forces the chemical around it out, around it out. Okay. So that little roller pinches what looks like a stethoscope, (laughs) stethoscope, I sound like a Sylvester tube. And it's awful easy. And why we use it? The best thing is it won't lose prime. Pumps are useless if they don't suck. (laughs) So, so, really...
0: In the literal sense.
1: Loss of suck is a loss of prime. So you can't draw your chemical up out of your batch because now it can't create that vacuum For the suction. needed or suction that's created by the peristaltic wave or the diaphragm wave of a pump system to draw that chemical. So peristaltic will pump air. If you let it, oh, if you it so will it, just keep it.
0: pumping away,
1: it'll just keep mindlessly pumping until you or, or a signal or something says you're out of batch water. They're accurate because of the the roller, the pinch roller is always the same every time. They're kind of accurate because you can put electronics to them, you can put timers to them. There's a lot of options to okay. make that roller go around Mm -hmm. so actuate the roller there are many pump sizes and rates okay one brand that we use it's kind of nice because you only need three different roller tubes two different roller assemblies and two different gears and you can make the whole pump line so if you have you go oh no i need a 40 pump pull out the tube put in the other tube and you got a 40. Oh. It's that simple. It's very adaptable. So they're very user friendly and service friendly because, and if there's a, a low ratio pump and a high ratio pump, so all you would have to do is switch a gear. So it's a gear reduction. It's bump uh-huh. up in the in, one gear out, one gear in. And then you have another whole set of pumps that you can use with one gear chain. Okay. So that's why we love them. The business owners like them because of the recurring revenue because tubes wear out. Mm-hmm. So you say, oh, well, that's, a, that's a drag. Yeah, that's a, you know, the homeowner's going to squawk about that. But the best thing about that is, you, well, of course you get recurring revenue, but that gets you in the house once a year, or maybe more, but once a year. And that tube change actually ensures the pump is running at peak efficiency. Mm-hmm. So the old diaphragm pumps tend to just mindlessly pump away, and we'll explain what they are. But they just pump and pump, and they don't have any maintenance forced maintenance interval. Mm -hmm. So when they pump themselves to death, then you find out when it's too late late, that you right. And if you're using it for a bacterial situation, you don't want to find out it's too late. So. That tube change gets you the carrying revenue and the once a year maintenance that gives insurance. Mm-hmm. Well, I, efficiency. I would think
0: most homeowners wouldn't mind having a pump checked given they're treating something, whether it's uh, bacteria or, or critical pH. nature. Yeah. or yeah.
1: Something because we're enhancing a treatment process. Mm-hmm. Enhancing, where, or, or if indeed uh, you run out of that chemical, you could burn up your or curtail or the, the oxidation process, and which could result in a fouled bed or a ruined process down the line. Mm-hmm. So stains. Stains. It's, it's real important.
0: And diaphragm pumps, how are they different again?
1: Well, diaphragm pump, what they have, instead of a pinch roller going round and round, pinching a, pinching a stethoscope mm-hmm. tube, what they do, it's a diaphragm that it's on a spring or a solenoid, so, best way I can explain this is we all do this in a pool and we get our palms together and we go squirt water. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you put your palms together, right, and you create a vacuum and a pressure situation. So, that will squirt the water out your adversary that right. you're. So, that is like a diaphragm pump. So, what they have is a plastic or acrylic plate and then a rubber on one side and then a rubber diaphragm on the other that draws the vacuum like back and forth back and forth kind of mm-hmm. like you put your two palms together and keep one static and then move your other palm in out in out and that's how a, a uh, diaphragm pump works now they can pump higher pressures than 100 psi peristaltics just can't they don't have the umph to get over 100 psi but who? who's got 100 PSI in their house? Right. So that's why diaphragm pumps are mostly used with industrial processes Mm -hmm. because they are pretty reliable and they can pump high volumes too, higher than 40 gallons per day Mm -hmm. and at higher PSI. So you see them mostly in boiler rooms and big process plants. They have these huge diaphragm pumps with big motors behind them. Yeah. So their little Achilles heel is that they... Since that process is like a vacuum kind of, you can actually degas chlorine or peroxide. Degassing means you pull the oxygen that's in the water and you can then lose prime. Okay. You lose your suck. <laughs> <laughs> so then you have to use a degassing valve, which is another expense, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't lose your prime on a diaphragm pump. So... It's, it's here or there, but I guess dealers that's have a
0: preference prefer. for one over another. They, they...
1: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can get a uh, super accurate diaphragm pump, but you get what you pay for, but they don't get you in the house once a year and they don't force your maintenance mm-hmm. like you would. So, yeah, that's why we wave our little flags the for peristaltic. the peristaltic. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. There must be installation mistakes. These things aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. Well, maybe the pumps are perfect, the way you talk about them, but mm-hmm. what are the common installation mistakes that you see?
1: Well, yeah, this is this is a good part of the whole, uh, why we do these podcasts is uh, to learn you up mm-hmm. so you don't make mistakes. One of the biggest situations that I see, I call it the insecure plumber. <laughs> what they do is there's a an injector, okay? So we have our injector point and the injector has usually a check valve in there because you have your chemical coming in and house pressure trying to go out the same door. So they have a thing called a duck bill. It's what it really it's what yeah, it is. It's like know. go quack, oh, yeah. quack, you know. And so the duck closes his bill and he doesn't get water in his mouth. And oh. he opens his bill and he goes quack. So <laughs> so that that's a duck bill. And that... Or a little ball check they use with a spring, mm-hmm. and then that springs wear out and they break you. But, so the duck bill is a little more reliable. What happens is that you have to change that once a year. So the insecure plumber goes, well, I'm going to put the injector, I'm going to put it install a T and then a valve and then the injector. So now you have like four inches of pipe. For the injection point, you have an inefficient injection point because your injector is not in the water stream anymore. It's four inches away from the water stream. So when you're injecting, you want to inject right into the water stream. So you have a T, and you put your injector in a T, and that way the water flows past the injection point, gets your chemical into the water thoroughly mixed. But what the insecure plumber does is he said, oh, I'm going to put a valve and then the injection point. Then you have four inches of pipe where this chemical is floundering, mm-hmm. trying to maybe ooze into the water stream.
0: And why does he put the valve in? To, because he wants to, to bring chain it off the line? check
1: valve. No, when you want to bring it offline.
0: Right. That's why he puts you, that yeah, in. Yeah,
1: you out. shut the valve okay. off. But guess what happens? The valve gets all crusty with chemicals that you're pumping.
2: Oh, and it doesn't yeah. shut
1: off. So what you have to do is you have to put your pay attention to the owner's manual, they show you it in there like right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But I see this so much and I when people come to me with a complaint, I said, how, how how's the injection point? Your injection point, what I'm saying, get the point that the point is the most important point. So the uh, put your valves in the plumbing line before or after, but before shut the water off. Relieve the pressure, change your duct bill. But so injection point installation is so critical to get that chemical into the water stream as precisely. It's almost like a doctor injecting the top of your finger and not your arm. You know? oh. <laughs> like, you know, not only would that hurt, but it wouldn't get the medicine into you as efficiently. Yeah. So you want to go right into the vein. I dwell on that because that's the most important thing not enough retention time. I say, pay attention to your retention. Very important.
0: Do you really tell this to guys? Pay yes, attention. I do. I they say, you know. They, there's people out I there lecture. who are going to I say, oh, yes, he said that to me. I yeah. remember that.
1: Well, it's a little thing. Pay attention to your retention. Gotcha. And they remember it. Okay. Because retention, these chemicals, whatever you're pumping, chlorine, peroxide, citric acid they need resonance time to react with the water you're treating Mm -hmm. so they have to act on what is what is in the water
0: they have to do their thing
1: they have to do their thing and if there's not enough time what will happen is the enhanced treatment process we mentioned earlier will suffer from inefficiency So we're trying to enhance. So retention time, there are many formulas, 20 minutes for bacteria. If you're running chlorine, you need 20 minutes of residence time. So it's six gallons a minute. That's a 120 gallon tank. It's huge. It's a big tank. Yeah. Because you got to cook those little bacteria. It takes that long. If you're not doing it efficient, what happens is you dump more chemical in, and uh, it's it's just a domino effect of inefficiency. The chemical strength or poor chemical choice, I see that a lot. They'll use old chemical or they're not using enough. You know. So this one important thing here is a tidbit. People use peroxide a lot. Mm -hmm. Peroxide is liquid oxygen. Just think of it as liquid oxygen. It's very clean. There's no byproducts because it's just water and oxygen. But the oxygen is cooped up in a dissolved state. So what will happen is it waits for its trigger with peroxide. This is very important to remember with peroxide. And trigger is an organic material. And what happens is, is the reaction releases the oxygen from a liquid state to a gaseous state. So... That can be done violently. If you put baking soda in a vat of peroxide, it will go poof. Like the kids use the experiments with Uh, the little volcanoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what'll happen on a grand scale. But what in the early days, a lot of people like to use water to mix their chemicals. But if your water is contaminated, you'll ruin your solution. So you should use very clean water. But not with peroxide. Use peroxide straight. The reason is, is if you use contaminated water, you'll unleash the oxygen and make peroxide useless. So I would have guys like, this peroxide's not working. Well, they got the five gallons of peroxide and they dump it into a 30-gallon tank and then they add crappy water. And next thing you know, five days later, all the the peroxide oxygen is just gassed off and it's water. All they have is water in their tank, no more oxygen in their tank. Mm-hmm. So peroxide, use it straight. That's important. Improper mixing, when you use soda ash, sometimes it'll uh, congeal or uh, turn into uh, little bricks in the bottom of your tank because you went over the saturation point of one pound per gallon or... Your water is contaminated, and it, it combines and it precipitates your soda ash from a solid to a liquid. You're mm-hmm. mixing, you're blending it like sugar water. Remember when we were kids, you get put more sugar in and more sugar in, and it dissolves. And then you put too much sugar in, and then it, it you got have a lump on the bottom. It, yeah, yeah accumulates on the bottom. Right. Same thing with soda ash and certain chemicals. So a mixer, a batch mixing, a tank. Mm-hmm you should buy a mixer which would go on like an hour a day and what it is it's like a little propeller and they're like a boat propeller on a electric motor and it spins your batch and it keeps the everything in solution it keeps Mm -hmm. those little chunks from forming because it stirs and stirs and stirs and they're real important
0: i recall you had gotten some uh, information about the using warmer water If you uh, have the luxury. If you have the luxury of using that with the soda ash.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mix your soda ash with warm water because you raise the solubility of course. But you can't overfill because what will happen is you precipitate once it all goes cold.
0: That's (laughs) what I was just going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's an easier to get your... Most people start with a half a pound per gallon. And they set their pumps at 50%. (laughs) Okay. That's a little quick rule of thumb. And then you test your water down line. But the more chemical you put in, the more chance you have of it precipitating out as a saturated solution. So Mm -hmm. keep it mixed and don't overfill. More is not better. Start over. Mm -hmm. The uh, hazardous combinations, be real careful. You can create uh, mustard gas with chlorine and acid. Uh, You could do a couple bad things. I could give you a lot of little examples, but you can create a, a gas, so make sure you don't uh, combine a concentrate to uh, dilution. If you have a concentrate, you don't add the diluted to the concentrate or it could blow up. You always do your Simple concentrate like to your dilution, So, mm-hmm. but hazardous combinations are, are, are serious some people use they uh for ph they figure well, we're going to use sodium hydroxide i warn everybody some people are using that residentially uh, you know who you mm, are yeah sooner or later you may have a ha- pump malfunction and you could melt the skin off of people it's not a good thing because then they can't go anywhere to rinse themselves off right And where you are they have gonna to go rinse
0: and rinse and, and rinse, rinse and rinse and, and rinse. if
1: you can if the pump over pumps and you pump sodium hydroxide in the water they can't rinse themselves off. What are they going to do? Get bottled water? And yeah. They're, they're half blind. It's ugly. It's happened to all of us overfeed situations. And fortunately in our situation, no one really got hurt. But it was a maintenance man who left the pump running. And he left it run overnight. A lot of people got affected, but nobody got hurt. But yeah, be real careful. The pump is too small for the application. Analyze your water. Do your homework. I'm always going to say, do your homework. What's the GPM of the well pump? Do a proper drawdown test. Do your drawdown in your pump tank. How much water demand are these people really going to use? And then you do your formulations. And there are formulations in the owner's manuals, uh, and we're going to post some on our website. Mm -hmm. Easy little formulations for chlorine, soda ash, But analyze the water and analyze the pump situation, the gallon per minute that the house can actually make. And the wrong method of pump actuation, I see these two, Where people wire into the well switch, they take, it's a 220 leg that turns your well pump on. So you have your line, which comes in from your breaker box, and then your load, which goes to your well pump. Well, they'll pull 110 and off your 220, to actuate a pump. So it's pretty slick if you think about it. You're, well, when your well pump comes on, your chemical feed pump comes on.
0: Makes sense.
1: This makes sense. That wiring there, that little hot rod wiring of stealing 110 volts, because these pumps use no amperage, so it's not really that hazardous, but the hazardous isn't a ground loop that can happen if you, you're using, you're sharing a 110 leg so you don't really have a true ground. Okay. Back to the box. You're sharing... One leg of the 220. It's basic elemental electric uh, 101, but your house voltage that you plug in your wall has a hot wire 110 coming in, and you have your neutral leg, which is your white wire, going mm-hmm. out. You don't have that neutral wire on a well switch. Some people may refute that, but it, it, you don't really have it there. And eh, yeah, I'm not a fan, but it's an efficient way. We have modern ways, these new electronics, I love electronics. You can actuate off a water meter. You can actuate off a uh, your valve. If you're, uh, say, like Eco Water, Clack, Fleck, they all have an actuator in there. It depends on the electronic package you buy, mm-hmm. but you run it off their internal water meter. Your valve head, your softener valve or filter valve has a water meter in there, and you can jump off of that.
0: So it all it's a similar timing where you get...
1: Real-time, yeah.
0: Real-time. It's when the water's running, it's the Water's running,
1: your pump's running. Right. That's the most critical thing. Yeah. But if you get it wrong, you're going to send slugs into chemical. Yeah. So it's like on, yeah. off, on, maybe off. <laughs> Next thing, yeah. you're not are You get a whole lot of chlorine, no chlorine, a whole lot of... So pump actuation is real critical and follow the owner's manuals. That's most important. So... Hopefully this was helpful.
0: What about sizing the pump? You mentioned there's different sizes of the pumps. I think that's the hard part at the very beginning of using this, isn't
1: it? It is. Sizing, getting it right, getting your chemical solution right, pay attention to the experts. It's like uh, us in baby steps and read the owner's manuals and not to be too intimidated by it. It's not super hard. If you follow what I said about injection point and actuation, Mm But the chemical mixing is eh, its fairly easy. But there are standard formulas of sizing, which is important to get your well pump rate and the solution strength you're making, your batch solution strength, and the demand gallon per minute that's going to happen in the house or the process. And then you just put them in a simple formula and you tweak the pumps. The pumps have a lot of electronic tweaking or dial actuators that will dial the pump faster or slower. Mm -hmm. And then you just test downstream for pH or chlorine or whatever you're doing, and you make sure you get your right solution, and then you leave the pump there. But if you neglect the pump, it'll start suffering in a year's time, or your tube's going to burst in your peristaltic tube, and you're not going to pump anymore. So it's from day one, your solution strength goes downhill, except for soda ash, Chlorine is classic. Your solution strength starts to fade. Chlorine, like remember in a pool, you got to keep adding chlorine. Well, you want to make sure your solution batch drum is sealed, highly sealed and light proof. You want to use gray tanks or black tanks for chlorine or peroxide. Mm -hmm. Light tends to drive out the oxygen or the oxidant out of a peroxide in chlorine. Mm -hmm. So glad you mentioned that, but... That's important to keep some of it dark. Soda ash or citric acid, doesn't matter. Okay. You, know, you but if you put it by a window you might start growing this algae. That's true, yeah. Not with chlorine. You grow algae with chlorine, you're in deep trouble. So yeah, that's the follow the owner's manual and then once you start putting in several hundred of these things, you'll get the hang of it. <laughs> Do you ha- um, are
0: there any simple rules of thumb that you can use, or is it just trial I, and error yeah. in hundred installations?
1: It's funny, but I use the fifty percent rule. You set, you mix your chemical. This is soda ash mostly, not chlorine or peroxide. Chlorine and peroxide are they're, they're a little different because you have solution strengths you're dealing with, mm-hmm. but mostly soda ash is a real pain in the butt to get it right. Where with chlorine and peroxide you have seven percent peroxide or twelve percent chlorine, mm-hmm. you know what you're working with. But there's no real percentage with soda ash. It's like, well, I dumped in a half a pound per gallon. What's that? Well, I don't say half a pound per gallon. <laughs> so that's where I go. The fifty percent rule. Half a pound per gallon is what you use in your powder. So your powder, half a pound of powder to a gallon of water. So if you have you know, 50-gallon batch tank, you put in 25 pounds of ash. Of you set your pump at 50%. Whatever it may be, your 17-gallon-a-day pump or 30-gallon-a-day pump, most people use 17 or 30. Mm-hmm. You set that at 50% of 17 or 50% of 30. Then you run your water and start testing. And then you adjust your pump up don't really adjust your solution strength a half a pound per gallon is if you go a little bit further than that you maybe go three quarters but saturation is one pound per gallon then you risk precipitating a whole bunch of dust and crud in the bottom mm-hmm. of the tank but then you adjust your pump from 50 percent up or 50 percent down mm-hmm. And that tends to get it. I, no one ever, ever came back at me and say you're a complete jerk for doing the 50. Yeah. You know you killed all my goldfish. No, it, it, no, mm-hmm. I I don't get that. So the the 50 percent rule is it's is where you start easy. and mm-hmm. then just
0: moderate based yep. on yep test 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 test. So you don't just plug in a bunch of numbers and run.
1: Nope, only with chlorine and peroxide. It's easy right. to do. Yeah, yeah. There are some pumps, electronic pumps they'll actually ask for the specific gravity of the chlorine oh. you're using and it will actually actuate based on the solution strength. You plug it into the electronic board. I got 40 gallons a minute mm-hmm. and my solution strength is 12% and my specific gravity is 18.1. Mm-hmm. You pump that in there, that pump will, you actuate it on a water meter and that water meter spins a 40 gallon a minute Bam. You'll get like one part Oh and you know, what you want in your finished water Say you want one part per right, million of right, chlorine right. You plug that in there It will give you one part per million of chlorine mm. Pretty amazing, foolproof That pump is uh, $850 yeah. <laughs> Versus 250 So For the cheap out pumps You get what you pay
0: for Inexpensive pumps, not yeah. cheap out yeah, I mean, We exp- sell a cheap-out. lot of those Inexpensive pumps
1: I know I don't want to get to... You the, shouldn't
0: call them El Cheapo.
1: Yeah. Well, one we use is an FP, and that's an acronym people use for something else. FP, <laughs> pump. But mm, okay. freaking pump, I would say. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really it. Okay. Hopefully, there's little pearls of wisdom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you can trust the frog.
0: Oh, yeah. About trust the frog.
1: Oh, you want to say? You want
0: to talk about that a little bit?
1: Trust the frog. That's our kind of our thing, and our it's what's written in giant block letters on the back of our T-shirts. We actually have T-shirts to give away if you subscribe. You're probably already subscribed because well, you're you listening to well, this damn thing. Right, but right.
0: no, you want to follow it and subscribe.
1: Follow them. it and see. see Denise we, we knows really, all this no, stuff. I'm really not very good at this. Facebook She's just doing
0: what what they, they say to do. We're supposed to get more likes on Facebook mm-hmm. and more followers on our podcast, Okay, I think. I'm good with that. At least that's what it all says. At but, any so rate, we're sitting with a couple of boxes of t-shirts here that Michael's having all... Keeps forgetting to give away. Well,
1: not really, because all the, the, uh, this, oh, the, we're the in COVID, Yeah, this the pandemic t- really. T- yeah, timestamp. You know, yep. where, where it's 2020 right That's now. Right. And,
0: and we're sitting with a box of t shirts that because we, were gonna, we can't visit anybody. Because,
1: and we we're going to give out for all the trade shows that went, you know, south, south. And,
0: so here we are. Like our Facebook site and subscribe or like our podcast. It's your water. Shoot me an email, Denise. At urbansaquacom or Michael, at urbansaquacom, and we'll send you a T-shirt. Yeah. they're they're green.
1: They're green with, a, with our a logo and a giant of frog on the back. On
0: the back, and and people like them. or seem to like them. Either yeah. that, or they're being nice to us and saying they like them.
1: <laughs> they take pictures with them. Do in they? Different? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I I shared with me. Yeah, no, okay. I know. I don't. I don't share them with her. Some of the pictures are yeah not really well, if you good. Would, yeah. if
0: you would share one or two, I'll post okay. them
1: okay we will
0: all right people thank you for listening
1: yes take care